0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! You don't need to do that. Like, if your body doesn't recover well, you're not even going to be able to progress, progress to the next level.
1: Diz Runs Radio episode seven hundred and fifty starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running life and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's trip down memory lane, uh, I just want to remind you that registration for the Diz Days of Summer virtual running challenge is still open we are just about a month away and if you make sure that you get registered sometime in the next couple of weeks basically before the first of august you'll have all of the goodies all of the stuff all of the swag all of the medals well just one medal but uh, you'll have everything delivered to you Actually, I think before the start of the challenge. Anyway, I, I believe you can still register once once the date gets a bit closer. But uh, you know, get get registered now. Get your plans in place. Once again, the challenge it's all about whatever you want to do. There's no set distance requirements. There's there's nothing that is required other than you identify some type of challenge, something that you're working towards. Uh, whether it's staying on track with your training, whether you want to push yourself a little bit outside of your comfort zone, whether you want to Experiment with some yoga, doing some different cross training, whatever the case might be. You identify a challenge that would that will help you move closer to your running goals. And shoot, maybe it's just sticking with your training because you've got that Chicago Marathon coming up, or some other fall race that you're training for. And you know it's getting tough. It's getting warm. Uh, it's already warm. It's getting warmer, and uh, it's not going to be cooling down in August as the miles keep piling up. So maybe that's a good way to stay on track with your training. But whatever you want to do for the challenge. Get in at disrunscom com slash d d o s. Again, Delta Delta Oscar Sierra. Um, and uh, a reminder that all the proceeds go towards the Leukemia and Lymphoma uh, Society, the fight against leukemia and lymphoma. I know that there was a, been a little bit of issues with some of the registration having a little bit of a problem uh, in the past a couple weeks ago. If that's still a case, please contact Scott, uh, for the the owner operator of the the company that's helping me put on this this event and uh, he will get you straight straightened up or straightened, straightened away. He will get the, the issue straightened away, and you'll be able to be registered and be ready to go. So lots of things coming. The, the digital swag bag is coming together nicely, uh, getting well over $150 worth of digital products from various running coaches, personal trainers, dietitians, nutrition experts, mental health experts, or mental focus, mi- mindset coaches, all the things coming together. So get yourself in it. Get yourself registered some some special goodies coming from me as well. Dizruns.com slash D-D-O-S. And now let's in, uh, enjoy this little trip back in time. Back to, let me let me double check the date here. Come on, come on computer. 318 with Ms. Mary Johnson. Hey guys, my guest today started running after college when she described herself as being in the worst shape of her life. For what it's worth, she rode competitively in college. So even though her quote unquote worst, she was probably still fitter than I've ever been in my entire life. Anyway, (laughs) uh, since she started her running adventure, she's dropped her marathon PR by close to 40 minutes, has started coaching as part of the McCurdy Trained Coaching Group, and has overcome a string of injuries along the way. I'm looking forward to a few easy miles today and a great conversation with Ms. Mary Johnson. Thanks for joining us, Mary, and welcome to the show.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Definitely, definitely. And and guys, if you want to... check out a little bit more about uh, Mary and, and connect with her online and things like that. You can find her blog and that's uh, her website is just addresses at, uh, sorry, not at, because it's a website y'all, but um, it's www.its it's So Marathon only with a Y instead of an A there in the middle. It's a Marathon.com. And on Twitter and Instagram, you can find her with the same handle, of both places, just uh, at It's a Marathon. So real simple, same thing across the board. And uh, I'll have the links to, to those addresses and to anything else that we talk about today, websites, blog posts, whatever that makes sense, uh, in the show notes for today's episode, which you'll be able to find at disruns.com slash 318. So, uh, Mary, the, the way we start off the, the show is with... Um, what what is a simple question, and sometimes it's it's a little bit tricky or complicated, and sometimes I have no idea where where you know the the, the folks are going to go with it. I feel like I have a, a, an idea where you might go with this question, <laughs> but uh, I'm still going to throw it out there and, and see what happens. That's just to ask, what is your favorite distance to race, and why?
0: Uh, as expected, probably the marathon. Um, though I will say that um, it, it's not it's obviously not an easy uh, distance mm. to 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 train for or to race and um, I I think the more I run I won't say the less I like the marathon but the more <laughs> respect I have for it mm. and um, I so I, I would still stay true and say that the marathon is definitely my favorite dis- distance to race but um, I, I I really also love the half just mm. because it doesn't totally destroy your body like the marathon does. Um, but I will say there's just, when you've really nailed your paces in a marathon and you're able to negative split it and you're able to just perfectly execute your, your race plan, there's nothing better in the world than finishing a marathon and just like seeing that finish line and being like, Oh my God, there it is. Cause (laughs) there's, I I swear there's no matter how many marathons I've run every single time I see the finish line, I say out loud, Oh my God. Cause I, I think you just, you get to that point and you're, you've been on your feet for so long Mm -hmm. and you're just so tired and you're so ready to be done. Um, so yeah, it is a, it's a very fascinating distance. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I'll have to take your, uh, take your word for the idea that it's, it's uh, you know, the, the feeling that you get when you run a, a complete race and you nail your plan and all that kind of stuff, because I'm still, I'm still <laughs> struggling. I'm still trying to find that, that uh, great race. Um, how, how, many, how many marathons did it take you to, to nail it, or did you, did you hit it out of the park on the first one?
0: Yeah. I'm kind of going backwards on that. Um, I nailed it right <laughs> away. <laughs> I, and that's what made me love it so much. Cause I, I felt like I had figured it out really early. So I was like, Oh, all these people, they think the marathon's so hard. Ha ha. I have it. And, um, ever since then, like, I, I think I did, I did a couple marathons for fun. And then I just, once I actually started picking up speed and I actually took the time and I trained for marathons, uh, I, I started negative splitting a handful, and then my past three I have not. So I'm going the I'm going the opposite direction, but I'll get back there.
1: <laughs> well, and, and as we'll get into a little bit later, that two of those three, um, the conditions weren't exactly favorable um, for for yeah. the negative split idea. But um, you know, with, with the, the negative <clears throat> split in mind, do you, do you struggle? And this is this is definitely something that I struggle with. Is is um, both, both the mental and the physical side of it, of, of trying to, you know, stay under control early, try to save something for, for later in the race, but also kind of, of wrestling with the idea that like, you know, shit, what if, if things start to go bad, if things start to go off the rail, like it would be nice to have a little bit, you know, have, have, have gone at a halfway decent pace when I was still feeling good, you know, early in the race. So, um, what, what for you is, is, um, or in your experience, you know, falling, how do you, how do you, attack a race with the idea of of negative splitting and then and then actually make that happen if that makes sense
0: Uh, i mean it's just very heads up running um Mm -hmm. like it it's yes it's following the plan but it's also having the self-awareness to rein it in and i know um boston this past year so boston 2016 um, I had a plan, I was ready to execute, I was confident. The training, the, the data was right behind me, and I got about halfway in, and I said to myself, I was like, this is not normal. Like, these conditions aren't normal, the heat isn't normal. Um, so it's, I, I had a moment where I was like, all right, we're gonna reconfigure the race plan. And I, I did, in my head, and then I did that. And I think, I, I used to have to do that a lot in rowing. Um, mm-hmm. Like, when you sit on the rowing machine, for like 60, 90 minutes at a time. And, um, you, you are watching stroke by stroke. You're looking at each stroke, how powerful you just Mm -hmm. pulled and it's very mental. And I used to, a lot of times, um, if I, if I was in the middle of a long erg piece, rowing piece, um, I would be, I I would renegotiate with myself. I'd be like, all right, I think I'm in a good place to road this, or I think I'm in a good place to adjust my goal to this. And like, you have to have a lot of self-awareness while you're in the middle of, of, you know, whatever exertion you're doing, whether it's rowing or running or what have you, um, to, to like be okay with the goal that you've made for yourself. So I think everyone can always have a plan and everyone, I, I'd hope that most people go into races being like, I want a negative split this because that's probably the smartest mm-hmm. way to run distance running, at least. Um, and if and if you don't have that ability to, because of whatever, maybe your training was off, maybe the weather's off, whatever, um, to to just like have the maturity to reel it in. So. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's having the confidence of the training plan. It's having the self-awareness. It's also a lot of maturity to mm-hmm. like being okay to with as to where you are today and getting over yourself, like just really having no, uh, I wouldn't say n- no confidence because that's not the right word, but, um, getting over your, where you think you should be on a certain day and running to where your body is. And, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think that's important.
1: Yeah. And, and certainly a lot easier said than done.
0: Um,
1: especially with all the, all the data and inputs we have, you know, I mean, I don't know how many times I've, I've caught myself and, and, you know, people that I I run with or people I've talked to on the show where it's like, you're constantly monitoring your garment, you know, and, and seeing what pace you are instead of being in the moment. And how do I feel? And like, you know, even though the pace is, is quote unquote, right on the mark, do I, do I feel like I'm on the mark? And, and it's, 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 you know, you just got to figure it out, I guess.
0: Well, that's a, that's a new concept that I actually just started, um, learning, I guess in the past year. Um, I have a, I've been working with a coach for about a year and, um, he, it, up to him, I had been slamming my recovery runs and I had just been like going out and being like, I'm just going to hammer these at 7:15, 7:30," And, um, I was exhausted and then I started getting injured again and again. And when I started to come under him, he was like, it doesn't matter what you run on your easy day. Like just move, get your heart rate up, get your legs moving, get the blood flowing, get your get things working and as long as you're slow on those easy days, you'll be able to run fast on the hard days. So the concept of listening to your body is something that you know, as long as I've been an athlete, you'd think I'd have a good idea about <laughs> it. And I and I guess I did. Like to an extent I did, but having someone say, "No, you need to slow down." you need to get over yourself. You're not going to run seven thirties every day. Um, and I did. And I, like, I remember this was about a year ago. He was like, you're done running with a Garmin for a week. He Mm -hmm. goes, throw your Garmin out. You're running just either on your own or with a Timex. And I did. And it totally like that week totally changed my perception of, of how I judge my body. And, um, if I'm like, I actually just, I just went for a run and it, was, I was really tired. I was running like 820s to 30s and yesterday I was running around 740 750 and like mm-hmm. skipping. So it changes. Your body changes, sleep changes, stress changes, food changes. There's a lot of things, so it doesn't make sense that we'd be the same speed all the time. Mm-hmm. So being able to to listen is super important and a lot of people don't get that. But once I understood that it totally changed my running and my training.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I had the um, opportunity about almost a year ago now to talk to Matt Fitzgerald and we talked a lot about the 20 mm. running idea and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and I, I've really I mean, I've, I've bought into it for myself and, and for the, the, the athletes that I coach and the runners I, I coach with. Um, was was that idea of of um, of taking your easy runs easy and, and allowing, you know, allowing your body those recovery, recovery miles, recovery days, so that on the hard workouts, you could hammer them. Was that, was that something that, that I know it was, it was an awkward thing for me to try to wrap my mind around at first. And yeah. it's still something I, I have a, a hard time explaining clearly enough to some of to some of my runners, some of them get it right off the bat and some of them really struggle with, with the idea of like, I just want to go, I want to go hard. I want to go hard all the time. Um, was that something that you struggled with or did you embrace it pretty quickly?
0: Um, I think at first I struggled with it because I was not used to seeing things in the eights for, mm. for runs, like running over eight to me signified a failure. And it was like being able to, and I mean, I don't think I would have been able to do it on myself, but having somebody say, it's okay, this is normal. You should be here. Mm. Definitely helped. And, um, and now, I mean, now I'm, I'm totally over myself. Like I don't <laughs> right. care if I'm running nine, you know, um, but it, yeah, I, I think it was a, a difficult thing to do and to understand and having a, having a coach help me. And I will say also that it's this whole concept of like going hard all the time is not just running. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a I'm a strength coach at a local um, private gym and that's the mentality of so many of our clients. And it's like. I need to go out here and I need to do doubles and I need to get back to where I was. And I need to just totally slam my body into the ground and do things that I hate, like sprints on the treadmill and like, God knows what doing Mm -hmm. snatches and crazy things. And it's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. you don't need to do that. Like if your body doesn't recover well, you're not even going to be able to progress, progress to the next level. So it's a, I don't know. I definitely think that the, the recovery concept is something that's very much overlooked and, uh, and not just running, but also in fitness and health in general. And look at our society. Like I I don't need to go into like a whole, you know, like societal breakdown, but like, think of it. Like America is all about hard, hard, hard Mm -hmm. all the time. Work super hard. Don't take breaks. Like sleeping less is considered admirable. And it's like, we all just need to slow down sometimes. Right. Right.
1: No, it's It's, it's totally true. true. Yeah. I, I see it a lot. Um, obviously in the running circles, but also in the, in the entrepreneur, small business type of circles where it's, it's, yeah, Yeah. it's it's get up earlier. It's grind more. It's, it's hustle, hustle, hustle. And like, that's important. Like you can't just be lazy all day, you know, whether you want to succeed in in business or, or a relationship or running or whatever, but man, you need some time to recharge your batteries too, or you'll never make any progress.
0: Just, yeah. Just the emphasis on recharging and balance. I Mm -hmm. think that's like the best way to be healthy in a whole, you know, all around perspective is to have balance and health and family and fitness and in your job and nutrition and recovery. So I think it's definitely a a place that all runners, all people can kind of like take a step back and and be like, okay, I could, I could improve this and myself too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I feel like we're always striving for that sense of balance, but, um, I think most people find that when they have it, they're probably at their most happiest. So, um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, And and when you're, when you're happy, you're going to perform better again, whether it's on the, on the road or, you know, on the trails track or, or other areas of your life as well.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: When you, uh, looking back at it kind of when you, when you started running was, um, you know, after you, you got out of college and and stopped, um, competing, uh, you know, rowing was, was, uh, was running something that you had done much before that Or, or how did you fall into running? I guess, as opposed to doing any of the other you know, options for, for exercise and, and, okay. and working out and, and getting fit at that point?
0: Um, I, I had tried running in high school, um, as like a, <laughs> if we ran in high school, um, we could get out of gym <laughs> uh, or if, if we not ran, if we did a sport, we could get out of, mm. uh, gym. So I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do gym. So I signed up for the track team and, um, I did a season of indoor my senior year and a, a season of outdoor. And, um, that's, the, my first like touch in, into running. And of course being the like crazy competitive person that I am, I couldn't just do it for fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> I showed up and I was like, I'm going to be, I, I, you know, I never said I'm going to be the best. Cause I always like, I don't know. I, I, I like to consider myself a bit of an underdog sometimes, mm-hmm. but, um, I was like, I want to be with the best that that was always my objective. I was like, I want to be with those girls that are at the front and. Um, in high school, um, they put you, they put you as a sprinter and if you're if they know this is your deal, cause I'm not the only one that wanted to get out of gym class. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so they put all these people who just wanted to do, you know, a season into sprinting because it it doesn't take that much to develop fast twitch muscles, but developing mm-hmm. the, the longer endurance type is a, a bit more, um, more complicated. So they put me into the sprinting group and, Um, I was horrible. Like I'm talking like everyone would be three steps ahead of me in the first in the first like half a second. And like (laughs) I was so bad at sprinting and constantly last and we come up to our first meet. And this is in um, this is in Syracuse. Um, I'm from out, outside okay. of Syracuse, and um, we're in one of the Syracuse University like indoor tracks. And my and I don't even think that this my high school coach knew who I was. And he was like, "All right, listen, you can do this. What did he say? I think he said you could do the the 400, or you can do the 1500. Because in New York, <laughs> we don't have we don't have miles. We do 1500s. And I looked at him and I was like, I'm doing the 1500. And he was like what, like he, because everyone else just wants to get out of the hard work. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why do you want to do the 1500? And I was like, I don't know. I just want to do it. I think I could be good. And I lined up with my cl- I don't even think I had real running shoes at the time. I think <laughs> they were like Nike Airs. They were pink Nike Airs that gave me the worst splints ever. And I lined up and I ran the 1500 and I got under six and he looks at me and he was like, wow, you can keep doing that. <laughs> and it was like such a defining moment for me because no one before had taken the time to be like, that was a really good job. Mm-hmm. Keep doing that. And I think I was definitely hooked at that point. Um, and, um, I had been playing lacrosse and, um, you know, upstate New York is crazy competitive mm-hmm. lacrosse. You know, I, I would say that I was mediocre, uh, But but for up there, I was horrible because everyone (laughs) goes on to play Ivy League and or or like Syracuse or Duke or what have you. Um, So I ended up quitting lacrosse because I was like running so much fun. Like what on the lacrosse team? I'm not going to be able to have someone to look at me and tell me that I did an awesome job. And I, I felt like I was making these concrete improvements to to my to my to my times. And I think that's why running is so addictive. You just you mm-hmm. see the improvements, and you're like, oh, I, I want to keep getting better. So, um, I ran indoor, I ran outdoor, um, and then I went to college and I rode crew, um, which was great. Um, and I and I always was like that that weird one on the rowing team who really liked to go for runs. <laughs> um, and then, because that's the thing, rowers really don't like running. Mm-hmm. It's 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 kind of a, a thing. I was the anomaly. I'm pretty tall. I'm five nine, um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of me compared to a smaller, more petite person. So, um, got out of college and, um, I found myself just totally consumed in my job. And, um, to me uh, being an athlete, I felt awful. I just, I don't know. I felt lost. I had I had always been part of a team mm-hmm. and, um, I, New York is such a great city, but I had, I felt so lost in it in terms of what I was doing and having friends and, um, I, I guess any normal people might, any normal person might like join a club or, I don't know, find people to hang out with. But I joined, I signed up for a marathon. <laughs> to me, that was like, okay, I'm I'm going to do something that's challenging. Um, so I signed up for my first marathon, um, and I ran it, and it was it was fine. I didn't have very much training behind me. Um, and then I I got into this progression of, um, I I ran one the following year too. And I got into this um, not progression, but this cycle of run the marathon, go back into the old ways and gain weight. Run the marathon, go back into the old ways and gain about 20, 30 pounds. And, um, but for my first two marathons, I came really close to qualifying for Boston. And um, I, um, when I came to my third year, so the cur- third consecutive year, I actually didn't run a marathon. This was 2012. Um, I, I got married and was like, I'm not going to run or do anything. So, um, I did not, but I saw a lot of the people that I had met through running, um, you know, run, run a marathon and, and qualify for Boston. And I remember watching them being like, wow, that's awesome for them. I wish I could do that. And I just, um, you know, over those two years of going into that pattern of, training, not training, training, not training. I had met some cool people. Um, so it definitely cured that whole, like lost in New York city vibe that I was Mm -hmm. going through. Um, but I never really was in it. I never really was like a full-time train training runner person like I am now. Um, so anyway, I, after that third year of watching all of them qualify and me not, um, I said to somebody that I'd met in New York who is is and was and has always been very influential to me. Um, And he heads up the group called Gotham City Runners Mm -hmm. in New York. And I said to him, I was like, I think I could probably qualify for Boston if if I tried. Could you help me? And he said, he goes, yeah, but you know, it's going to be hard work. (laughs) And I was so pissed. I was like, you don't think I can do this? And that was all he needed to say, because Mm -hmm. for the next six months, he he totally just transformed me and um i i changed the way that i looked at running and that was kind of you know the evolution of of how i got into running and then he did help me qualify for boston i qualified by a lot i ran a 322 mm. and and then after that i he asked me he was like do you want to what do you want to do do you want to keep training or do you want to he didn't say this you know, up front, but he alluded to like, do you want to go back to the old Mm. weight, weight gain job, you know, party, party girl that you used to be. And I was like, I, I I said, let me think about it because I wasn't sure. I I was like, I didn't know what to do. I had always done this like cycle of, of being fit, not fit, being fit, not fit. Mm -hmm. And then finally I was like, you know, you've just transformed my life over the course of six months. Like I can't imagine going back to what I used to be. And from that point on, I was like, let's just keep training. Let's just keep running and see where it can go. So that was, that's the long of like how I got Mm -hmm. into running. Um, so I did, I caught the bug in high school and it was always there, but it didn't really come to the forefront until much later.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Do do you still do any any rowing, or is is that chapter? I mean, not not necessarily competitively, but as workouts, things like that, or is that is that you know behind you now?
0: Um, I have a rowing machine. Sometimes I'll jump on. Um, and last summer when I was hurt, I was do I got in the water for the first time in a while, mm. um, but not really. It's rowing so hard. You need in, right. well, the the rowing machine isn't hard. Um, you know, you just get on it and go, but. Um, like rowing a boat is difficult because you need the <laughs> right. people, you need the people and the water and the, ro- and the boats and the, you know, so, um, I, I have not no, but gotcha. it's always there. <laughs> you but, know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Part part of the reason I ask is cause, uh, I, I, I dabble in it once in a while. We've, we've got, um, you know, w- where I live, there's a little kind of fitness center type of, of gym type of thing. And there's, there's a rowing machine there and it's pretty nice. And every once in a while I'll, I'll go down there and, and get on it for some cross training. And I, I feel like. Like maybe it's one of the best cross training options out there because you, not only do you get the cardio, you get the strength training and obviously the upper back part, which, which I think a lot of runners tend to overlook is the the value of, of upper body strength and and specifically for the upper back and shoulders for, for form and and all those reasons. But, um, I, I was just kind of curious if, if, um, if, if, you know, from somebody who has rowed a lot and then has had, you know, had a lot of, of success as a runner, if, if I'm maybe onto something or, or not so much, or, or where, where your stance is as far as of, of rowing as, as a viable, or maybe even one of the better options for, for cross training for runners?
0: Yeah, I think it, it's a great cross training tool. Um, I would just want to make sure people are, that you're doing it right. Mm. Um, because it is one of those tools that, um, you can do incorrectly and then start hurting yourself, um, Mm -hmm. and hurting your back. Um, and the other thing is that a lot of times the way they teach rowing, especially in, you know, like CrossFit gyms, they teach it very quick and fast. And that's when you think of physiologically what's going on, that's kind of getting your heart rate a little bit too high. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, doing it right. And B making sure you're doing it slow enough that, you're not jacking your heart rate up to to a place that doesn't make sense for a for a cross training recovery mm-hmm. rate because if you're just rowing and you're at like you know I mean everyone's different obviously when a hurry but if you're jacking it up to as high as it would be as as though you're doing a tempo like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I think there's some other I, I think there's some other options for runners in terms of cross training and they don't even involve um, machines. You know mm-hmm. people people are just and runners it's we're very type A people, a lot of us, and <laughs> we only like to think of one way, like the bike or the or the rowing machine or the stairmaster um but there's so many other things you can do for cross training like take a take an agility, agility ladder and mm-hmm. and do drills for twenty five minutes thirty minutes. That's a really good recovery method, and um you don't even have to be bouncing the entire time. you can do lateral stuff you can do. You can do hurdle drills. Like You can mix up what you do for f- the duration that mm-hmm. you would consider a cross-training session um, and not even use a single machine. And you're still accomplishing what you need to accomplish, which is elevated heart rate, increased blood flow.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: um, I think a lot of times people can think outside the box when it comes to cross-training. But I, too, am guilty of being like, oh, I'm just <laughs> going to go on the elliptical because mm-hmm. it's easy. <laughs> right.
1: Now the timing of this is, is perfect and uh, obviously when this is, goes live it won't be anymore but i'm actually doing a, a coaching webinar tonight with, with my clients about cross training so this is this is a perfect thing to, to talk about and touch on touch on more and i honestly i, I wasn't trying to necessarily go that route but um you know it's 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 just something that you know i i feel like and, and maybe i can get your your coach's opinion on this as well just you know like like you said runners are, are type a and we want to run and it's just something that um, you know, if, the, if you're going to miss something, you, it, it seems like more, more often than not. And, and I'm guilty of this too. So I'm certainly not casting any, uh, any shade anywhere else, but, but on myself, <laughs> but I mean, it's just like, all right, well, I'm going to make sure to get my run in today. And if I don't have time yeah. for my cross training, like, Oh, well, and it's just, it's so important and so valuable yet it's, it's so overlooked. And so, um, you know, just easily cast it aside. It's, it's, I don't know that I have a question other than it's just, it's, it's it's just it's just a struggle, and so finding something that you like to do, yeah. that you enjoy doing, like I think that's the key. And, and like you said, thinking outside the box. Like we don't have to go to the gym. We don't have to have any equipment. Like you can figure stuff out if you're just a little creative, or you know, Google. Like Google. I mean, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, and you know, actually, one of the things that so like I'm a huge like you need to move different in different movement mm-hmm. patterns as runners in order to be a stronger runner. And again, I uh, it's very harder to practice than. It is to <laughs> right. I, like, I can sit here and talk about this until I'm blue in the face, but I'm, I'm too, am guilty of not doing enough lateral movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like for example, um, in, in the beginning of a big race, like I, I think of Boston because I felt it a lot this past year, but in the beginning of any big race, many people might find themselves zigzagging, right? Mm-hmm. So you're constantly moving laterally. You're constantly changing the direction of what you're going but you just practiced for five or six months moving in a straight line. Right. So what do you think that moving side to side is doing for your nervous system? Your nervous system is going berserk. Mm-hmm. And it's in mile three of a marathon. Like, that's not a good place to be. Because <laughs> by the time you get to mile 10, you've just been moving sideways, forward, diagonally. And your body is like, shit. Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can that. No, you're then. fine. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> but your body is like... I'm toast. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think like, even it, when you put it into a real life situation like that, then I think runners start to be like, Oh, I do need to move differently. Like, but, but it's, it's hard to translate. Um, and it, and you don't know until you experience it when you realize that you're in the beginning of a race and you've spent a lot of time zigzagging and just weaving. Well, it's, it is taking a toll on your nervous system.
1: Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And, and, um, you know, like, like, like we've both said, it's, it's an easy thing to tell people to, to, to do. And it's yeah. a hard thing to take your own medicine sometimes, but it's, yeah, it's exactly. worth it in the end. If you can, if you can force yourself to do it. Yeah. Um, so you know, we've kind of been obviously talking, talking coaching and, and things of that nature. Um, I, I guess maybe, maybe one more, more question, um, w- with the coaching and then we'll get into kind of more of, of maybe Mary the runner, but this is just kind of the way that the, uh, the conversation has gone. Um, you know, I, I coach and, and, and you coach and it's, it's, a uh, uh, something that's that. I always love when I talk to other running coaches. Um, what has his coaching and, and, and working with with other runners like what, what does that do for you as a runner? Like how have you know the, the folks that you work with? Like how, how does that impact you and and you know lessons learned and, and all that kind of good stuff um, from from the coaching side and from the running side. It, I mean a little bit of both.
0: It makes me really excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, like I you know it's that's actually really funny because I. I just had someone do an out-of-this-world job this past weekend, um, and a couple weekends ago, a similar a similar athlete had another breakthrough. And um, like, I went for my run yesterday, and I was pumped. I was like, <laughs> "This is awesome! I'm so excited!" Um, so it it makes me really excited, um, and it makes me really happy. Um, and and the flip side, it makes me also. I wouldn't say nervous and anxious, but I realize how much, um, responsibility is that I have in writing these people's training plans because I spend a lot of time running in my week. And a a lot of the people that I coach are at, at a very similar level and they take it very seriously Mm -hmm. too. So to me, I want to make sure I'm doing a really good job. And, um, I think that's why I'm, Involved in a group where my head coach is actually not only my coach, but also my mentor and boss, mm. so to speak. Um, and it helps to have him to bounce ideas off and bounce questions off. And I'm like, even if they're simple, like, oh, can I give this person a double the day after mm. a workout? Like, I, I I think I know the answer, but it's so helpful to have somebody there to be like, yes, and here's why. Or no, and here's why. Mm. So it's a double-edged sword you know and what in, in one hand it's like I love it and like some mornings some like race mornings I'm like sitting at my computer and I'm like oh my god I need results I need <laughs> updates I can't find the tracking um and then at the other at, in the other hand it's like I know how much responsibility I have I know how much and this is people's lives like this these are their bodies like if, if they get hurt I'm a, I'm a little bit responsible and especially having a history of injuries myself. Like I, I it a a huge responsibility to have these people's health in my hands. So, um, it's, it's good and bad, but Mm -hmm. bad for good and challenging reasons.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's definitely something that I've, I've, Maybe because I I don't feel like I've I've accomplished anything any of my big goals yet in running, but man I I've never been more excited than uh, like you said like hit and refresh on the computer or on the phone like to to see the the updates result and like how did somebody do as opposed to my yeah. own running like I could care less about my own running at this point like yeah. how, how do my folks do?
0: Well, and like waking up to text messages like that's the mm-hmm. best part when like in the dead of summer when I'm not training for anything waking up to like ten text messages like I just killed that run and I'm like. <laughs> Yes I've been sleeping <laughs>
1: <laughs> right right
0: but yeah it's it's awesome it's really great
1: definitely um injuries i I, I can't let that pass and and mm. it's something I want to talk about a little bit anyway but my my background and my my education is all in athletic training and sports medicine, so uh i i could I could nerd out on talking injuries running <laughs> running and otherwise just about about all day every day, but I'll try to keep it at least somewhat confined, but um you know you, you talked about on, on, on your website and you mentioned it here that you've had some, some history with injuries. What, what kind of injuries have you dealt with?
0: Um, the, well, I, I think my most serious ones have just have been the bone injuries. So Ooh. I had, um, a stress reaction to my tibia and then a stress, stress reaction to my femur. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I, before the tibia, I was diagnosed with a torn labrum, um, and bursitis. And Ooh. I think, um, that was rough, but I think what was causing me the most pain was the bursitis, and mm-hmm. I ended up getting a cortisone shot for that, and um, it really helped. Um, and so the, the labrum's still torn in the hip, but it doesn't cause me pain; it's just some clicking now and then. So, right. so that's you know that was kind of a lucky pass. Um, and then after the femur, things have been you know relatively healthy, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> but you know there's the occasional um, like piriformis, mm-hmm. and I like. Every now and then my SI joint kind of acts up, but I think those are just normal running nags, right. like things that come up. Um, so yeah, the most serious ones are the tibia and the femur.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, the, the, those, those quote unquote normal things, you know, you can, you can stay, if as long as you stay on top <laughs> of them and, and you can address them, like, you know, yeah. whatever, but yeah, you start getting some bone issues, um, stress fracture in the femur. That's that, you know, from, from my experience, anything with the femur, like that's usually pretty serious. Like, like, did that take a while to, hit, to come back from?
0: yeah and I you know it, that one that one was tough um I had just come back from the tibia one, mm. and um, I think it was a mistake training for a marathon coming back- coming off mm. of an injury already, and the tibia one I had let go, like I never had a bone injury, so I let that go for like six months, and mm. I was like took time off, didn't take time off, took time off, but not enough to heal, and then right. came back and it was six months of just like too much. And finally I let it heal, got over it, ran a marathon, but amped it up a little bit too much for that. Um, and of course the marathon I ran was Boston, which is downhill, Mm -hmm. which is, which greatly affects your quads (laughs) and femur. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, looking back on it, I shouldn't have run Boston, but I didn't know, like, I didn't know that what that feeling was. Mm -hmm. I had a little ache in my quad, um, going into it. And I, I just, I didn't know that I, you know, this sounds really stupid, but I didn't know I could actually break that bone. Um, And, um, when I, you know, I'm sore from Boston, everyone's sore from Boston, my quads really hurt, but I really hurt. mm -hmm. And then probably like a week went by and I still had this one direct pain in my quad. And, um, people still were like, you don't break your femur, like right. you're fine. You you just have a quad strain, and I was like, ah, I don't know. I just in the pit of my stomach, I knew something was wrong. And finally, it, um, you know, I got an MRI and I got the diagnosis that there was a stress reaction, and I couldn't do anything. And I guess nowadays, it's stress reactions and stress fractures of the femur are kind of hand in hand. Mm-hmm. They don't. It's kind of a blanket. Like you've just almost broken your femur, so stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. But yeah, coming that for coming back from that was tough. I think I took off um, ten weeks, um, and then nine weeks, nine, nine or ten, and then came back super slow with like one two mile runs, and then um, still like coming back from that in terms of like how I felt in the muscle area was very hard. Like Mm -hmm. if I, if I went, if I went and did a really hard workout the next day, I would be super achy in that spot. And it wasn't a, I'm broken again, ache, but it was like the, the muscles around the area were just so tight and Mm -hmm. and jacked up. Um, so even, even now, you know, I'm over a year out. And even now when I do really hard runs and really hard races, that spot on my quad gets fatigued really Early. early. And I have to like mentally shut it off and be like, you're fine, it's healed, it's over, and it's not even like a like I don't mentally panic, but it's like a it, it gets fatigued very quickly mm-hmm. and the day after when I'm sore, I'm sore in that spot, so you know like I'm a year and a half out and i'm I'm still kind of like I won't say dealing with it, but it's still like, it doesn't go away.
1: Right. Yeah. It's still giving you the reminder. And you know, like like you said, it's not, it's not something that you'd think of right off the bat. Like, you know, if it's, it's shin pain, like, yeah, you might think stress fracture somewhere in your foot. Like, yeah, you might think stress fracture, but in your, in your, in your quad, like that's certainly not one of the, one of the, you know, even as somebody like me, even somebody with, with the medical training and background, like that would not be top three, four, five, six, even, you know, thoughts of of you know you'd you'd be ruling out a lot of things before you got to well shit maybe it is a stress fracture like that's yeah Yeah. it's it's crazy
0: it was really weird and it like i couldn't stretch it i couldn't Mm -hmm. feel it i couldn't it wasn't even like the tibia like i couldn't touch it and it was like um if i did things like put on a sock or put on a shoe i felt it up in my quad Mm -hmm. and like really bizarre things like i remember going to the bathroom in the middle, middle of the night and then like climbing over blankets to get back into bed and like that pushing off a blanket bugged it and like just really crazy unique things. And the whole, um, uh, what do they call it? Like a hinge test where you have your, your leg dangling off and, uh, you, you push down on one end of your Mm -hmm. leg and if it hurts, it, it's probably a stress fracture and that, that bugged it a lot. But even still like people are like, yeah, but that could be anything. I was like,
1: no, yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's, it's definitely not, uh, not something common. I mean, it's 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 definitely not. So you you know, too often I think in, in a lot of things. And you know, this this can be a you know a kind of a, a segue here. But I think in a lot of things we overanalyze stuff, and so it's you know when, when you don't, and then it ends up being that thing that if you would have overanalyzed, like maybe that you would have found it earlier. Like that can just be frustrating. But it's like, what what are you gonna do?
0: Yeah, and I actually um, I was talking to Esther Atkins. She's one of the coaches in my group, mm-hmm. um, and she was like, you know, when it's above the knee. It sometimes signifies um, a nutritional deficit, and that actually really struck a chord with me because um, not like I was trying to lose weight going up to Boston, but I I did have my chiropractor go- leading up to that marathon took me aside one day and was like, "Are you okay? Are you eating enough?" And um, I was like, "Yeah. What do you mean?" And what was going on is that I had a super big mileage increase very quickly and I wasn't compensating nutritionally. And mm-hmm. it, you know, it just, it was a mistake. I didn't mean to not eat enough. And that I definitely think it was a lot of different factors, but right. that was a huge one is that I jacked I, my mileage got jacked up and I was eating like tuna fish salads for lunch. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. And I think I lost a lot of weight very quickly and it kind of affected my bones. So that think that's a big issue as well
1: yeah and, and i mean it's it's good that you bring that up because it's one of those you know like you said a whole lot of factors and and none of them that you can think about in the moment but looking back and you start putting the pieces together and you're like well man this and this and this and this yeah. and like they all yeah. create, create that perfect storm where if you were just you know been been quote unquote right in all of them but one you wouldn't have had the issue more than likely but you know it's just all you know the way the way it all I, comes together
0: say It's 2020 definitely, definitely. <laughs> always
1: So, um, kind of uh, speaking of, of hindsight, 2020, there you go. That was, that was a perfect little, uh, segue (laughs) here. Um, er earlier this year, a couple of, couple of races in, uh, and not a whole lot of, of time. Um, you ran in, 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 uh, you know, the the spring of 2016, you ran Boston. And then what was it? Five, six weeks later, you turned around and and ran Buffalo. Um, and according to some of the, the write-ups on, on your, your, uh, Website and I was one of the two or three people that read the uh, the most recent uh, Buffalo post all the way from from the top to the bottom. He's, oh man, a long that was a
0: long one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, neither race necessarily went uh, quite according to plan. Although, although I would argue that Boston was a success with a, with a PR on a on a less than great day. But um, you know, I feel like we could we could probably talk for a, a whole hour on just these two <laughs> races, and, and we, we need to yeah. wrap this thing up at some point. But um, looking at at those two races, which were both hot races. Um, kind of what, what, what have you learned from, from, you know, what, well, we'll start here and, and we'll see where it goes, but what, what, what was, you know, how would you describe your, your two races from this spring kind of in general? And then, you know, depending on how much time we have, we'll kind of dive into them a little bit, but we're not going to get all the way as, as deep as I would like to, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs>
0: uh, how would I describe them? Oh, or just <laughs> the
1: experience in general. I mean, you know, like w- w- what did you learn? I, kind of, w- what's the overview of, of you know, where you are now, whatever it is, six, seven months later, or five, four, five months later, um, looking back on, you know, the, the two races it's the first time from what I, what I read the first time you ran two races in the same year, yeah, let alone like, in, in such a same, short turnaround, yeah. like, um, you know, very, very wide open, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. Well, marathons are hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it showed me. Uh, I was, Oh, I remember finishing Boston, not finishing. I was probably around 21 or 22 and, I, it was the first time in a marathon that I said to myself, this is so humbling. Mm. And, um,
1: what was it that was humbling for you?
0: It was just like, everyone was so, everyone was having a hard time in Mm. Boston. And like, I I had done Boston, uh, two years prior and it was warm. It was warmer for sure. Mm. Um, but in terms of like the energy as a runner this year was like, it was like a battleground. Like people were out there sharing water, sharing gels, sharing ice. Like I know that's Boston and that does happen a lot of times. But it this year it was like, by the time you, if you survived and you were still running at mile 22, it was like, we were all in this together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everyone was like, holy crap, this is really, really hard. And, um, I think I really underestimated how taxing it was to get, like, I have, the way I ran Boston this year, I have zero regrets. I ran the entire thing with gusto. I tried my hardest. I, you know, I did have to reevaluate the race plan in the middle of it, but Mm -hmm. I, I never felt like I gave up. And I think, um, that's hard to, to be so dialed in for three hours and then get out of it and not, not take a second to step back and, and like relish in your accomplishments and then say I'm going to do it again. Like that's I think I totally underestimated how difficult it was because when I got into Buffalo and I got to the part where it was really hard and gritty, I was like, no, I'm I'm done. Mm-hmm. And like I even went into Buffalo and I was like, I can DNF if I want. Like there's you should never go into a race <laughs> thinking you're going to DNF unless you would literally unless you're going to DNF because mm-hmm. and you're going to be okay with that. And I I really was like for Buffalo, I put myself in a damned if I do damned if I don't situation. And I like to me, not running Buffalo would because I'm so competitive in myself, not running Buffalo would mean that I didn't try my hardest, but then Mm. running it, I wasn't really prepared mentally. And, and I, should I not have run it? Probably not. Right. But like what I have always wondered what could have happened. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Buffalo was just hot and just so, so humid. <laughs> right. Um, But, like, my husband saw me around mile three, and he said that everyone was already drenched. And I know for sure, Buffalo, I felt great in, until I didn't. And that mm-hmm. is definitely the humidity. Um, Boston, I think, was a little bit different um, in terms of... I don't know. I, I guess it was less humid, and so you can kind of hang on a little right. bit longer. But as soon as my like my stomach turned in Boston, in Buffalo, as soon as I kind of ran out of fuel, um, it, things just totally turned. And 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 mentally, I didn't have the gear to be like, mm-hmm. suck it up, Mary. We're we're still right. doing this. So.
1: Yeah, I had a a similar, not quite as, as, as dramatic, but, but a similar situation in my uh, most recent race, which was, which was, uh, mid, mid August, I I was out in California up in the Sierra Nevada. So, um, you know, the, the typical temperatures for the race was, you know, supposed to be like, you know, race time start, like in the, in the low to mid forties and and high for the day, you know, 80 to to 81, 82, something like that. And, uh, the start time temp, it was, I think it was like high fifties, low sixties. And, um, I would, I would argue that on the, on the asphalt finishing the race in the sun like it was every bit of 100 degrees coming in Um, and it's just like you know once once your body gets to that point where you know whether it's it's fuel whether it's for me it was salt um, once Mm. once something gets off in the middle of the race like there's not a whole lot you can do No, like you can you can you know you can give in mentally or you can try to suck it up but in any event it's not going to be be fun
0: Um, yeah yeah well and marathons are hard anyway so I keep saying this over and over (laughs) but like if you need to have a good plan anyway and then like if if you don't have enough time to like you don't have time if something Mm -hmm. if you if if your body if your body hits that red zone and there's not really any turning back unless you stop
1: yeah no it's it's there's there is uh it's it's tough for sure what um I don't know whether I feel like maybe um, this is going to be a stupid question because I feel like maybe (laughs) you've already answered it. But, um, you know, doing that, that turnaround, that, that, you know, five weeks or whether, whether it's five weeks, whether it's, you know, two months or whatever, but, but to try to race two marathons pretty hard in in a short, short, you know, short window like that. Um, what did you learn about, you know, how, if, if, if you ever decided to do this again in the future, which I don't know if from reading it, I don't know if that's, that's going to be in the, in the cards, but, but, but who knows, um, you know what, what? What would you do differently, or, or would you, or would it just be not to sign up for for two back to back like that again?
0: I mean, I, I wouldn't sign up for two back to back ever again, unless unless I went into one and I was like, yeah, this is a training, this is a training mm-hmm. run, and I ran it as a training run. Do you think and you then, could do that? Uh, yeah, I actually, um, I do. <laughs> my friends think I'm crazy, but I do a lot of races for workouts. Mm. I I actually just did one a couple weeks ago. I did four by two mile and then a hard mile in the middle of a, a half marathon That's down awesome. the road for me. And it was, it, it's awesome because it's like a supported run. Exactly. You're around yeah. people and like, who doesn't want to be cheered on for their workout? You know, like, um, so yeah, I do think I could probably do a marathon for fun. Um, and then, and then go back and, and do a, do it as a, as a, as a race. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think, I don't think a lot of people could. And I know like a lot of my clients, I've just started doing that with them. I'm like, yeah, go into this run as a workout and you're going to need to slow down and speed up. And people are going to be looking at you and wondering what the heck you're doing, but whatever, (laughs) like who gives a crap. And, um, it's a cool, uh, it's fun. It's fun to do that. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sign up for two to race. Certainly Mm -hmm. not. But if I could use one as a as a training run and then race maybe a few weeks later. Yeah. I don't see what's wrong with that. It's this expensive supportive run. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. From, from someone who's on record is saying that the mental part of, of my training is, is the part that needs the most work or the mental part of my, my game going into a race, if you will. Um, it almost sounds like that would be a great mental workout too, to, to yeah. stick with the plan and not get caught up in the race hoopla and not worry about about racing but just to stick with this is the workout i'm gonna start off easy i'm gonna do whatever whether it's it's repeats whether it's tempo whatever it might be like Mm -hmm. i mean it feels like it'd be as much mental as physical almost
0: well and that's that's a really good like you wake up right when you would normally for race time you have your stuff laid out you have your nutrition laid out you like everything it's a good dress rehearsal Mm -hmm. you're just not going balls to the wall and that's fine it's just a good it's good practice for anyone you know whether you're doing a half for a 10 K or, you know, putting yourself in the race situation and not racing it is great practice for, (laughs) for everything. Um, they have a series of races in Connecticut where I live, um, called the Boston buildup and they start at 10 K and they go 10, 15, 20, 25. Um, and they do have a 30 K now too. Mm. And it's the same idea. Like some people show up and just run easy. Some people show up and run super hard. Some people show up and do workouts in it and it's, it's just getting used to practicing and, and all of the courses are ridiculously hilly. Right. Um, but it's, it's getting used to the, that practicing of like getting up and, and going to a race.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's something that, uh, I've never really done. I've never really done the, the, the training, you know, the race halfway through the training cycle, but, uh, Maybe it's cause I'm cheap and I'm, I i do not want to pay for that, <laughs> that, ex, that more expensive, uh, training run, but I think the benefits are there, you know, like you said, it's supported. There's, there's mm-hmm. crowds, there's, there's, you know, you don't have to worry about bringing water and, and stashing a, a, an orange somewhere on the, on the course where you're going to run. Like you just, you take mm-hmm. advantage of, of the race and you know get a, get a little medal for your training run, which is, which is not a bad thing either.
0: And you'll probably end up running faster than you would alone for your workout. Yes.
1: Yeah, definitely. Which can be good or can be bad depending on, on sure. what the workout is going to be. But, uh, yeah, anyway, um, Like I said, I I feel like I barely scratched the surface on the Boston (laughs) Buffalo thing. I really wanted to touch on that, but you know, I let the, I let the things go as, as they may. But, uh, before we wrap up one last question, not necessarily specific to to Boston and Buffalo and and earlier this year, but just kind of in general, I like to, to end with, um, what I've been calling a philosophical question. So it's, it's wide open, no, no right answer. could be a long answer. could be, could be short and sweet. It's completely up to you. Um, but, but at this point in, in your life and in your, your running career, um, What has running taught you about yourself?
0: Oh, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or should I have started with that and then we could have used that for the entire hour?
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, It's taught me that I am my own worst enemy. Mm. Um, My heart's beating really fast right now. (laughs) It's a perfect (laughs) example. I'm like, I don't know how to answer this. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm my own worst enemy. Um, I, I am competitive with other people, but when it comes to myself, like I'm so tough on myself Mm. and, um, it's also taught me that I, it's, you know, the easy, the easy answer, and I will say there is an easy answer because it's taught me that I need it. Mm. Um, when running isn't in my life, I'm not very happy. And I, I've actually in the past year and a half, Um, have gone through a career change. Um, I, I used to work in fashion marketing in New York city and, um, it got to the point, I won't say like I quit my job because of running because that certainly isn't the case. Um, but it got to the point where I, where that lifestyle wasn't for me. And I'm, I'm not going to the Olympics. I'm not a professional runner, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm a grown up enough at this point in my life to say that running makes me really happy. And, when I'm running and when I'm training and when I have a goal and I'm, and I'm trying to achieve it, that's the happiest that I am. And I had this revelation about a year and a half ago and um, I ended up getting laid off from my job, um, but it was very good timing because I was already thinking about getting out and pursuing something else, whether it's, you know, what I'm in now, which is strength and conditioning mm-hmm. and coaching or physical therapy. I had both thoughts that came mm-hmm. to my head. Um, and I think it was just the overarching idea that like, I need to have this kind of goal or this, this, um, regimen in my life. And it's when I'm the happiest and, um, things when I'm injured, it's like, it, it it was tough because I didn't like, especially the first injury, I had a very, very hard time with that first injury because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. For the second one, I kind of was like, all right, I'm prepared for this. I'm going to cross train. I'm going to go to yoga and I'm going to stay healthy and I'm going to stay happy. But for the first one, I'd never done that before. I'd never been in this, like, you can't train now. So, so now what? And, um, I was really unhappy. And, um, now that, now that everything's, my whole life has completely changed. I work, um, I live in Connecticut. I work at a gym two miles from my house. I do, you know, I'm part of McCurdy train, this awesome coaching group. Um, and my life is just so much better because I have time to balance running Mm -hmm. and I make it a priority because I know that if I don't, I'm not going to be very happy. And that's, that's just a part of who I am. So it's taught me balance and it's taught me that I need it because Mm -hmm. otherwise I'd go crazy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah no I, I that's that's why i love these questions because uh, there's no right answer but the nine, 99 times out of 100 there's there's the perfect answer and, and i think that was i think a lot of us can relate that, that we need it that uh that it just it just helps with the balance and we should we talked about the balance earlier too so i don't need to mm-hmm. i don't need to dissect this I, we, we brought it back <laughs> full circle and, and i think that was a great answer so um guys again it's a marathon.com to to uh read about uh you know what she's got going on and, and i'll definitely make sure to link to the uh the Buffalo Post if you wanna, sit down and, and, uh, laugh a little bit and go, Oh yeah, I, th- I feel like maybe I've been there a little bit too. Um,
0: if you want to read about taking a crap in an
1: alley, but, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's when you know that things didn't go well is when you, when you, when you look for an alleyway to, to peel off and, uh, you know, solve, solve a little GI issue, but,
0: uh, Hey, it was only 25 seconds. That was, yeah, that's, that's pretty was fast. Awesome. It was, it was pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Impressive, to say the least. But,
0: uh, Thank you. I've worked on it. <laughs>
1: definitely. Um, again, it's a marathon.com. Connect with her on, on uh, social media at uh, its same thing. It's a marathon uh, links in the show notes, slash 318 So uh, Mary, thanks, uh, thanks for taking the time today. Glad, glad we were able to connect, and uh, who knows what the future holds. I, if you're up for it, I'd, I'd love to do this again at some point down the road and just to uh, you know, catch up and, and see what's new and, and uh, you know go wherever, wherever the, the, the wind blows us, so, like, kind of like we did today. So uh, thanks for the time totally. and all the best going forward.
0: Thank you so much. It was so nice talking to you. All
1: right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed this little trip down memory lane, the last of the trips down memory lane, at least for a while. We'll be back with with new episodes uh, starting, starting on the next episode. The next quick tip will be a new episode. Um, but uh, as, as per usual, Hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. Hope that you got something out of it. would love to hear what was your takeaway from today's conversation with Mary. Uh, for me, you know, when I go back and, and listen to these, uh, you know, a second time. Well, I mean, I listen to them again since they've been published. I listen to them probably three or four or five times the first time through. But uh, now going back and listening to this, you know, gosh, three and a half years later, four years later. Well, I guess not four years later, two and a half to three years later. Um, you know 400 episodes later 440 something or almost 440 episodes later it's it's not a surprise when new things stick out and it's not a surprise when it's kind of the, the same thing and um you know the, the big the big takeaway for me and i believe this was the same one as as the first time was just the importance of recovery the importance of making your recovery a priority and it's something that Quite honestly, I wasn't as keen on the first time we chatted. Um, I was getting into it a bit and, and starting to dabble into kind of 80-20 and things like that. Then, but I wasn't nearly as hardcore with the heart rate training as I am now, and running easy on the easy days, which kind of helps with recovery and making sure I'm taking. Although like back then I still took days off. I've always I've always been a, a fan of the off day here and there. Um, but you know, just like like Mary said, like the little soundbite that I pulled at the beginning, adding to it here again at the end. If you're not recovering well, you you really can't make the progress that you want, or it's going to be much more difficult. It's going to be much harder. It's going to take much longer to make the progress that you want. the 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 body is is an amazing machine, but in order to Continue to get stronger, run faster, improve endurance—all of those things. Recovery has to continue to be a priority; always has to be a priority. Something we need to be working towards. So, you know, I'm not here to split hairs or try to tell someone that if if you're a streaker that that's a bad thing. I I I'm not a big fan of streaking, but I think you can you can do it intelligently um, and still get, for the most part, the benefits the re- the recovery by keeping those runs easy. So I guess that's, that is what I am here to do is tell you that, that you've got to run easy on your easy days, whether, whether that's most days of the week, whether you are taking a couple of rest days. And, and then, I mean, even still most of your training days should probably be easy as well. Um, another, something that, that Mary has learned that, uh, was a reminder, uh, is going through this one again, but, Keeping those easy days easy is so important, so important. And, and I promise you that you're not going to get slower by running easy. In fact, you're going to get faster because your body's going to be able to recover after each hard workout, after each race. And so, you know, the next time you're ready to drop the hammer, you're going to have you're going to have a hammer to drop, as opposed to if you're always going kind of in that not easy but not hard range. Like, gosh, it's just there's just not much not much that you can that your body can can muster up because it's always in a state of kind of constant fatigue if for lack of a better way of saying it. So that was my takeaway. Just that that good reminder that recovery is important and doing doing the little things to help recovery. Running easy to help recovery, taking a day off, getting enough sleep. All those things are important and if you're serious about making progress in your running goals, you got to be serious about making sure that recovery is a priority. So, and don't, don't just listen to me. Mary said it herself as well. And uh, hopefully going to have Mary back on the show soon. Actually just kind of reached out to her recently. Um, Actually was asking to see if she had something that she could contribute to the, uh, the, the virtual uh, swag bag for the Diz Days of Summer and uh, found out that she's like two weeks from having a baby. And, And by the time that this episode comes out, there's a very real chance that Mary has a baby now. So Mary, if you're listening, congratulations. Uh, if not, if, if you're if you're not listening, well, still congratulations. And if you haven't quite had the baby yet, hope that uh, the delivery goes smoothly. But uh, definitely, I, I have put out the the intention to her in that back and forth exchange that I would love to have her back on the show after after the baby is here, after life calms back down, um, and she kind of finds finds the right balance. Hopefully, we'll set something up. So I don't know how long that's going to take. Maybe later this year. Maybe into into 2020. But uh, looking forward to catching up with Mary and having her back on the show as well. So anyway, what was your takeaway from today's episode? Let me know. I'm at Disruns on Twitter, I'm at Disruns on Instagram. You can also send me an email, Runs at gmail.com, and of course you can head over to the show notes for today's episode, which are basically just the same show notes as the first time around, uh, with but with updated links, with some new links there. Disruns.com slash seven five zero for the show notes for today's Trip down memory lane. Uh, last but not least, before I wrap this thing up, once again, just I'm I'm going to keep plugging this Diz Days of Summer thing. Um, one, because I want it. I want I want you to join me in it. Two, obviously, I want to support the cause. You know, I want to I want to make sure that that we're 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 doing our thing. That that uh, that we're helping out the the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, helping to find a cure for uh, a couple forms of cancer. I mean, you know, there's, there's no shortage of forms of cancer that, that different organizations are finding a cure for. But in this case, leukemia and lymphoma, putting them on blast. We are, we are doing our part to help rid the world of uh, those two forms of cancer. So if you want to take part, you want to join in, you want to get lots of awesome swag, lots of goodies, a little audio version of Be Ready on Race Day that is unavailable anywhere else. Place to be is Dizruns.com slash Delta, Delta Oscar Sierra. That's Dizruns.com slash DDOS. If you have any registration issues there, just email Scott and he will get you taken care of. So, with that, we'll go ahead and uh, put a little bow on this one. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for taking this trip down memory lane with me. Like I said, starting uh, with the next episode, the Quick Tip episode coming up in just a couple of days. We'll be back on to new episodes moving forward. But, uh, hope you enjoyed these little blasts from the past. And if this is your first time here in this episode, well, I hope that you enjoyed it. And thanks, thanks for joining the show somewhere in the last, you know, 400 plus episodes. Uh, and, and don't worry, I don't hold it against you for not going back into the archives. But uh, until next time, please be well. Thank you for listening. Thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for telling others about the show. Thanks for all you do to support what I've got going on. And uh, I got uh, looking forward to, to continuing to support you and what you've got going on in a variety of different ways. But until then, be well. Take care. Thanks again for listening. And we'll talk soon. See you guys.